Welcome back, everybody, to the episode of the Jay Stevens Podcast. This is episode number 132, dedicated to a man who on September 14th, 2003, set the single-game rushing record when he ran for 295 yards. Mr. Jamal Lewis. And as always, thank you for sending in, downloading to the episode of the podcast. On today's episode, we talk a little bit about the f- the weekend that we just enjoyed that was full of football. The ACC just proposed something for the college basketball season that makes absolutely no sense. And then I really appreciate Dak Prescott coming forward and talking about the mental health issues that he had during this year. But first, there's a man by the name of Albert Pujols, that has been a terror when he's at at home plate throughout his entire career, that just knocked the ball out the park for the 660th time, which ties him in fifth place with Mr. Willie Mays on the whole all-time home run list. Yes, Albert Pujols, while we were all watching football on Sunday, while you were either complaining about your team, excited for your team, experiencing all the emotions, which is week one of the NFL season, Albert Pujols was knocking the ball out the park and doing what he has done for so many years. And while he was at bat at this time, it was top of the eighth, zero outs. His team was down two to three. Him, his the, the coaches, the manager, the players, everybody on his team, and I'm sure people on the Rockies as well, they knew what could possibly happen at this time. They knew he was at 659. They knew what would happen when he got to 660, who he would tie, being Willie Mays, fifth all-time on the all-time home run list. But would this be the day? Would it be today? Would this be the at-bat? Would it be as timely as it was as he is down, as the team is down two to three at this time? There is a runner on, on base. So you all know... It, if Albert Pujols hits a home run and he goes out of the a home run, let's say goes out of the park. In case you're not on the same wavelength, goes out of the park. Well, that is two runs. That is a four-two-three lead, and that would be a timely hit, a timely at bat, and a bat that that would take his team from being down one to being up one. And that is exactly what happened. Like I said, top of the eighth, zero outs, a runner on base. Down two, three. Albert Pujols knocks the ball out over the left field wall. And man, let me tell you, even though there was no fans in the stands, you could tell that it was excitement, not just from him, but you could feel the excitement from the broadcasters, from the other players on his team. And it was just fun and enjoyable to watch a guy that I grew up watching, that I grew up not really, I liked him as a player. I didn't enjoy when he was going against going up, up against my Cubs and he was hitting the ball up out of the park and doing his thing. And I say why while he was in St. Louis, because while he was in St. Louis, he hit the, mo- the bulk of his home runs. He hit 445 home runs during his 11 years in St. Louis. Uh, hit, the best season that he had was in 06, hitting home runs, where he hit 49 home runs and then also knocked... It also had 137 RBIs as well. He signed a 10-year contract with uh, the Angels, and that's kind of where things kind of got a little rocky, not due to the contract. But as we know, if you look through history of guys that have signed 10-year contracts, I mainly have done football. But when you go to baseball as well, Albert Pujols is not the only guy that has signed a 10-year contract, got all the money, and then had, and then had an injury. The same thing happened, which kind of, which not kind of, it did slow the pace that he was on when it comes to hitting home runs. But he's not done. He's not done yet. When I'm looking at the all-time home run list, 
from top to bottom. There's a good shot. This make it past some more all-time greats. Number one, Barry Bonds has hit 762. Very hard. I don't know if he'll hit that one, but if he does, I would be so, so, so happy. Number two, Hank Aaron, 755. Babe Ruth, 714. Number four, A-Rod, Alex Rodriguez with 696. Then, of course, tied for fifth, Willie Mays and Albert Pujols with 660. There's a good shot. He could pass A-Rod. He could pass Babe Ruth. Will he play long enough to pass Hank Aaron and Barry Bonds? Time will only tell. But, guys, I would love to see that feat take place to for Albert Pujols to be the new all-time home run leader. This, this is what Mr. Bud... Bud Black said, the Rockies manager, about Albert Pujols and about how we will possibly remember him down the road. Quote, years from now, when we talk about Hank Aaron, Willie Mays, and you transfer to the next generation, the Mike Smiths, and then into the Jim Tomes, and more of the modern era, Albert will be in the same conversation with the greats, end quote. That is so true. Even though baseball is not as popular as it once was and the mainstream media does not talk about baseball in the way that they once did. You you hear about all the young players in baseball, those that are coming up right now, Fernando Tatis Jr., uh, Bryce Harper, Mike Trout, all these young guys. But let's not forget, there are still guys like Albert Pujols still in the major leagues, still doing their thing and still making and still hitting the ball out of the park and are still going to letting and still reminding people that they are players that we should remember, we should respect and we should honor. And let's not forget. Yeah, there's great players that are young, but there are still older players in the league that we should still talk about because they're still doing great things in major league baseball. Let's go ahead and take a trip to your couch or the place that you watch football this weekend or the multiple places that you watch football this weekend go in your mind imagine imagine the place where you enjoyed or that you watched the most football this weekend go there go there with your drink or your snack or your kids or your boys whoever you're with go there right now in your mind because guys we're going to reminisce a little bit about how good and how enjoyable this weekend was Going into the weekend, as I was looking at my calendar, thinking about the games that were coming up this weekend, the games I had picked and just hoping that I get something right this weekend, because I know the first full weekend of the NFL season, with especially with no, with no preseason, you have no idea what's going to come, what's going to be thrown at you. So I am literally just hoping, hoping, hoping that things will go my way. And for some reason, I believed in the Cowboys, and they let me down once again. But this start of the NFL season hit different than it normally does. Go back a few months ago, people were saying all kinds of wild things about the NFL for being stubborn and for not postponing the start of the season. They didn't say you couldn't have a season. Well, some people did, but a lot of people were saying, push that thing back. Push it back. Follow the SEC and the other college football conferences. Do what they're doing. Push it back. There's no reason for you to start on time. The NFL's like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Are you my mama? Are you my daddy? Do, do, do you pay these bills? Are you the one signing and negotiating these TV contracts? Are you the one negotiating and helping these players get all the money? So who are you to tell us what to do? Why should we postpone when we can start on time, wait and see what's going to happen, 
and then alter things as we see fit. Ultimately, they didn't alter things. They didn't need alter things. And I, oh, football, football, football. I got one thing to say to you. Jay Stevens missed you. Yes, he did. Man, it was so, so nice to sit down on my couch on Thursday and watch Texans and Chiefs. It was so, so nice on Friday night at the last minute to alter the game that I was going to go to to go ahead and watch a high school football game at a high school football field. It was so nice to do that. And then on Saturday, as I'm sitting there Saturday, I'm like, okay, what game am I going to watch? I know I got Clemson and Wake Forest later in the day. I want to enjoy that. I know Georgia Tech and Florida State. I want to watch that a little bit. Duke and Notre Dame. I want to watch that too. And I'm just like, hold on, hold on, hold on. We got a smorgasbord here, baby. We got games all day. Good games all day. Good quarterback play. Well, potentially quarterback play all day. And I am just, oh, so happy. And then Sunday, y'all. <laughs> Sunday. That day hit different. Like I mentioned, like I mentioned, with the effect of what this year has had, with so many people being negative on those trying to be positive, when you say, hey, y'all, we got football. We got football, not just on Thursday, because we had UAB in Miami on Thursday as, as well. Not just on Friday with your local high schools. Not just Saturday, but the NFL's dominating all day. I mean, literally dominating the entire day. From 1 o'clock all the way up to the end of Sunday Night Football, you have live football. I know there's a little break between Sunday Night, Sunday Night Football and then the last uh, game on CBS or Fox on that day. But we got football all day. Uh, and then if you want to go a little bit early, if you're if you're a sports ju- football junkie like most of us are, you have some you have a pregame show either CBS, Fox, or CBS Sports Network, or you watch Deion Sanders and Barstool Sports. I mean, you have so much, so many avenues to consume your sports content, your football content that leads up to your team playing. You have no excuses. And then tonight we have Steelers and Giants. Titans and Broncos. I mean, I'm looking forward to, to watching Chris Fowler and my boy Kirk Herbstreit call the Steelers and Giants game. Not only their first Monday Night Football broadcast, but I was kind of just thirsty and kind of hoping, hey, I know Syrac- I know Clemson and Wake Forest play Saturday night. I know Fowler is doing his thing with tennis, but hey, at least somebody get Herbie on the mic. I, I know he's at game day. I mean, I know he's already there in, in, in North Carolina. Go ahead and have that man call the game, fly out, go go to go to New York and be there uh, early on Sunday. Go ahead and do that. Nah, they had to do things different. They didn't. They didn't, they didn't want to have Herbie do that and then go ahead and travel. And I do also understand that with traveling to New York and out of New York, there are certain things you have to do there um, with quarantining and 14 day self isolation, all that kind of stuff. So I don't know if that went into their decision to not have Herbie call that game there on Saturday night. But guys. As I'm watching football, my friend texted me on Sunday, and and they simply said, I know you're enjoying this. And in my own personal way, I sent back a text that really described it in my own personal way. The way that I was feeling at that time, all they could do was laugh. They're not really a big NFL football fan. The text came on Sunday. So they're not really a big uh, NFL football fan, professional football fan, they are more a very, very, very casual football, uh, football fan for the NFL. They will occasionally root for the Bengals, but if you're a Bengals fan, you would occasionally root for them as well. Uh, they're more Ohio State college football-centric, very, very, very upset in their feelings about what's going on in the Big Ten, about how they're handling this situation. No matter, no matter if you're for the situation 
for canceling or postponing the season or not postponing it. All you want is answers, and they still refuse to provide those answers to us unless there are no answers, and they made the decision thinking they would be the front runner. They would be the ones to postpone the season, and everybody else will follow suit once they didn't, once that wasn't what happened. Yeah, they look way worse than they already do. Starting off with Thursday, let's go back to some football games that we watched. Not going to break them down, but just kind of talk about some of the highlights that popped into my head while watching the game, when seeing highlights about the game, getting updates about the game. Thursday, Texas and Chiefs. Now, last week, we heard Garrett Grandy here on the podcast. He mentioned and spoke about how he thought Deshaun Watson would struggle this season without DeAndre Hopkins. If you're a Texans fan, I am going to remind you of this. It's week one. Do not panic. For any of your teams out there that may have looked really good or really bad or somewhere in between, don't freak out. It's only week one. Don't read too much into it. It's only week one. But if you're a fan of the Kansas City Chiefs, that phrase still applies to you. Don't freak out over anything you see or you saw during week one. But, (laughs) but Patrick Mahomes looks really good. Now, granted, the Texans defense, um, they were exposed. The Chiefs seemed like when they wanted to roll on offense, they could. And can we appreciate what we saw from Clyde? I'm calling that man by his first name. You can call him Clyde Edwards Elaire. I like first names or I like nicknames. And with his first name having one syllable, Clyde is going to be his name. That's what I'm going to call him here on the podcast. That boy Clyde was good, buddy. He was good, good, good. I mean, sitting here as I'm watching the game, and I tweeted this out, jump cut and go. Jump cut and go. The the offensive line would, would create a little, create a small little crease, a small hole or enough of a hole for that brother to move through it. Jump cut and go. And that's what he did so many times. And he was fun to watch. And I saw one meme uh, during, that, during that game. My buddy sent it to me. It was uh, 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 Andy Reid wiping off his, his face shield, which, my goodness, I don't know how that man could see, but he was wiping off his face shield. Looked out, saw Clyde, wiped it off. Again, the next picture, Brian Westbrook. Go back to those Philadelphia Eagles days. Yes, Andy Reid found a guy that was a, that's a resemblance of a guy that he used to coach. He's like, hey, I got a role for you. Just get back to Eric Lottie's played for you. I've ridden them 10, 12 years ago, but they are still good. They can still work today in this game, and they work to perfection. Chiefs fans, be excited. I would say don't read too much into it from what you saw. Don't freak out. Would go overboard, but at the same time, y'all did look good, and it's very, very nice and enjoyable, not just to see Patrick Mahomes audibling and controlling the offense at the line of scrimmage, but also knowing he just realized how to read a defense. People talk all the time. That person can't read. That person can't read a defense. Guys, there are quarterbacks out there that literally can't do it because it's not an easy thing to do. Imagine how with how good these guys are. You go to the all out of scrimmage. They show one thing, and at and then post snap they do another. You would get you will get confused too, even if you studied it over and over and over again. Yes, we do expect pros to be pros, and to do the things that pros that play in the NFL do. That's not always the case. Patrick Mahomes doing his thing. I enjoyed it. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. And my eyeballs, Pat, they're going to be on you. 
Hey, 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 got to get, get my microscope out because you, you're getting better. So I got I to be able to, to analyze you and scrutinize you in a very, very, very minute way. If you keep playing like this, I might not be able to, to, to criticize you because you keep getting better and better and better. On Saturday, Florida State, what are you doing? What are you doing? The only pick of the weekend in, during the college football season that I got wrong was Florida State at home against Georgia Tech. And I'm thinking to myself, there's no way Florida State can lose this game. There's no way. They're at home. They got a few fans there. Georgia Tech, uh, I know it's a new offense. Uh, well, second season, second year under the offense. Look, I put this out on Twitter as well. I'm a guy that when I get something, that I, that I see something, especially when I've seen it for 10-plus years, I am used to it, and I am still not used to watching a Georgia Tech football game where the quarterback is in shotgun. Hey, man, look, y'all are a wing T triple option team. I, I liked it. I was used to it. I like the new variation as I'm watching replay of the game right now. There are three wide receivers, 11, 11 personnel, let's put it that way, football terms. 11 personnel, one tight end, one running back, two receivers to the left side of the line, one receiver to the right. And I'm just thinking, hold on. Is this really the new Georgia Tech offense we're going to see? Are they really going new age? Are they really going to allow the players to do what they have been doing in high school versus transforming them, especially the offensive linemen, to do a new offense in college? Yeah, that's it. And uh, we got to get used to it. It may be tough for some of you like me to watch it now. No, you're not used to it. But, guys, this is a new age. And even Georgia Tech is trying to move with the new wave uh, and the new offensive trends. On Sunday, though, I mean, there were so many good things. We, we saw J.K. Dobbins' first touchdown. I think, I think he had two rushing touchdowns, honestly. Joe Burrow doing his thing there in Cincinnati. Cowboy, Cow, Dallas, man, look, I'm not even like the biggest supporter, y'all. I mean, Jerry Jones kind of annoys me. I, America's team, cool, whatever, whatever. Whatever you want to call yourselves, got the star in the, star in the field, whatever. Got Jerry's World 100,000 strong there at the NFL. Whatever you want to say. Look, man. Y'all got too much talent to be losing to the Rams. I'm not saying the Rams are a horrible, embarrassing team. But y'all got too much talent to talk about to be losing to the Rams. Way too much talent. Hey, Dak, I understand you get a lot of heat for the things that happen to you and the way you play on the field. But you too good, man. Y'all got too much talent. Way too much talent. Honestly, y'all, just to be honest with you, I was, a little, I was tired, tired Sunday night. So I went to bed a little bit early, believing that the Cowboys would win the game. They would find a way late in the game to win the game. But one thing I forgot to tell myself, they have a new head coach. And when you have a new head coach or a new quarterback week one with no preseason, you probably shouldn't pick that team to win the game. But you know what? I didn't put that in my head. I know on Thursday, I forgot to, I forgot to release the picks for the weekend, but they did hit Twitter. Um, the Cowboys over the Rams was one of my picks for the weekend. Oh, Jay, you should learn from your own mistakes. You should realize, take your own advice. I was going to go, I went Cowboys over Rams, but they had a new head coach. If I reminded, remembered of my own little philosophy, I would not have picked the Cowboys that game. But I did, got to live with it. Currently, I am sitting at three and one for the weekend. 
Only loss in the NFL. Only loss was the Cowboys to the Rams. I got Steelers over Giants and Broncos over Titans tonight. Giants have a new head coach and well, Ryan Tannehill. So I gotta say, I think Drew Locke's going to win this game. Going to lead the offense in the right way to win this particular game. So many good things we saw this weekend. So much to be excited about college football this coming week. I'll tell you the games we're going to pick right now. Uh, we got Houston and ba- Houston and Baylor, which gets which gets um. Uh, rescheduled the week after this coming week we got Miami and Louisville which is a late game on ABC the week after the SEC season starts football keeps getting better and better and better guys as football fans as with what's going on in our country this year with how the media has pushed so much negative news and how it's negatively affected our mentals this entire season this entire year excuse me what we have right now with football being here This couldn't have come at a better time. Football season coming when we expect it, when we're used to it being here. Football being what it means and what it is to people in this country. Yeah, basketball, great. Also, I'll remind you, most people, I I had no idea there was a basketball game on Sunday. I I remember people talking about it. But my buddy, well, Garrett actually texted me on Sunday and said Nuggets did Nuggets were down, but now they're up. I said, excuse me, there's a game. I literally forgot all about basketball. And it's not because I'm not a basketball fan. Football is that important. There were things that happened on a football field that don't happen anywhere else. Not just the hard hitting, not just the back and forth, not just the, not just the, the, the people getting blown up, the pancakes that happen, offensive, offensive linemen destroying linebackers, not that stuff. But there's so much unity on the football field that we don't even really realize at half the time there were so many different pieces working together to move down the field to score a touchdown, which makes scoring a touchdown so special and so enjoyable that football just has a special place in our in our lives and our hearts. In basketball, man, as 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 much fun as much fun as basketball is to watch when the ratings come out about the game on Sunday. I think the NBA is going to have a rude awakening because the NBA recently came out and said they're going to have 82 games. They're planning to have 82 games next season to start no sooner than December 25th. I think y'all might want to push that back. I think y'all might want to get back on your regular schedule, your regular calendar. Because if y'all go back into uh, uh if y'all if y'all go back into September next season, look, y'all are going to get embarrassed, humiliated. It's not right. You guys should not compete with football. We have said it for so long. Basketball could not compete with football. That football is king. Football will always be king. And we're finding it out right now. This was not a reason. This just was this just was not a week one thing. If you have NBA playoff games during football season, look, y'all, we get football once a week. NBA games, they're probably going to play the next day or a couple days later. And we are used to that. We are ingrained with that. And there's a reason, reason why. My timeline on Twitter was full of NFL tweets, NFL complaints, things about college football. Basketball was hard to find. It's probably very hard to find if they're on the same time as football. Why? Football is that important. And football, not just Jay Stevens, but we missed you. Before we move into talking about the proposal the ACC college basketball coaches put together that they put in front of the NCAA. We have a word from Plutus Sports Analytics. 
Plutus Sports Analytics is a company based on minimizing the uncertainty in sports betting to help you maximize your profit. Newfoundland's first sports analytics team provides daily predictions for all major league sports so you can win big. Whether you want to hit MLB picks out of the park or get a slam dunk on your NBA betting tickets, Plutus is a company of choice. Head to PlutusSportsAnalytics.com. That is P-L-U-T-U-S sportsanalytics.com use code JSP10 for 10% off their deadly service football season hit different this year mainly because of the Rona and how things have transpired and how things have happened here in the year 2020 college basketball however it seems like they are still working and they still think we're back in March April or May instead of September October and then when the season starts in November, all the news I keep hearing out of, from college basketball is, oh, we're going to push the season back or we might we might not have conference games. I mean, we may not have non-conference games, only conference games. And in my head, I am scratching my head and thinking, do you guys watch the same things I watch on TV? Not just in the sports talk that I watch, but a lot of your schools are playing football right now and they have less people on their team than you do. I mean, a football team has a lot of players. Coaching staff is big. Medical staff is big. Equipment staff is big. I mean, you have a lot of people out there. I'm very confused as to why you guys are still working in the past versus working in what's going on right now. I understand. You have to prepare for the future. Prepare for things to come up. But there is no sign in my mind as to why the college basketball season, which I believe is scheduled to start on November the 10th, will start on November the 25th. Now, it could be, I could see, if it were due to shortage of referees, but what you're going to find, the games that are played on November the 10th, those schools will also be playing on November the 25th. So let's just think about it, guys. What's going on? There's more behind the scenes that I believe is being talked about than what is being put on front street right now. But the eight, the coaches of the ACC, to me, the best basketball conference in college basketball, proposed something that seems a little idiotic. And instead of me talking about it and explaining it, how about I read what Chris Mack put on his Twitter page, which every ACC coach put out there on theirs to talk about what they want to do right now and how and a change they would love to see for the upcoming NCAA tournament. This next statement, this next statement comes directly from Chris Mack, the head coach at the University of Louisville, comes from his Twitter page. Quote, for the last 21 Wednesdays, we as ACC head coaches have been meeting to discuss options for college basketball in 2020-2021, we are united. The safety of our players is paramount. The ability to incentivize the regular season without mandating a select number of non-conference and conference games provides options and flexibility for all member institutions. As ACC coaches, we strongly believe it's in the game's best interest to have an all-inclusive 2021 NCAA tournament End quote. And at the bottom, he did electronically put his signature, and it says Louisville men's basketball head coach Chris Mack. Guys, all inclusive. Now, if you if you do not know what an all inclusive anything is, I'll explain it this way. 
I recently went, not recently, a couple years ago. I think it was before I even started the podcast. I went to Jamaica on an all-inclusive trip. My cousin Joseph was having a destination wedding. Him and his wife got married there on the beach. Beautiful, beautiful wedding. Enjoyable time there in Jamaica. And from the time you wake up to the time you go down, if you want to drink, you can get all the drinks you want. Ain't got to pay another form. If you want to eat every meal is a smorgasbord, buffet for some of y'all that don't know what smorgasbord is, go ahead, eat all you want. Pools open. I mean, there's so many amenities. There's so much you can do, but it's all you want. It's all inclusive. Everything is paid for the entire trip. You pay one fee. Everything else is done. All inclusive. Everybody gets involved. Everybody enjoys it. There are 350 Division I men's basketball teams. Three, five, zero. The NCAA tournament currently has 68 teams. 32 automatic bids for the 32 conferences that make up Division I men's basketball. Then you also have those uh, those uh, uh, at-large bids, schools that don't get the automatic bid that you still get in because you're that good. You played that well that season. And in my mind, as I'm thinking about this right now, I'm just going to explain how I view the NCAA tournament and then also how I view about this particular thing. The NCAA, the NCAA tournament to me, and this, I am not the only person that believes this, has too many teams. 64? In any given year, there is no reason to have that many schools be in the tournament. Now, granted, for the viewership, for the for our eyeballs to enjoy what we're watching, it's great theater. I mean, it's great basket. I mean, it's great to watch the upsets. I mean, you love who doesn't love watching Duke get upset when they're when they're 15 seed or 14 seed losing in the first round to a uh, excuse me, if there are two or three seed losing to a 15 seed or 14 seed losing there in the first round. Who do, who does not love that? Who doesn't love watching upsets and watching so many underdogs, so many Cinderella stories be put on front street and be able to be like, yes, we won, we won, we won for them. That may be the highlight of their, of their, of the 20s. I mean, it could be the highlight of the 20s, could be the highlight for many. It is the highlight of their collegiate playing career. Why? Those moments don't come around very often. Not at all. Now, random, granted, sometimes you get what we saw last year, University of Evansville beating the University of Kentucky. And it was very ironic because the coach of the University of Evansville was a former University of Kentucky basketball player. So you know, it was kind of nice to see the back and forth and see uh, what transpired late in the game, which led to the University of Evansville winning that game. Yes, underdogs are great. Cinderella stories are amazing. Loyola Chicago getting to the Final Four, that's what we love as basketball fans. But I still believe if you want to have just the best teams, the only deserving teams there in the tournament, 68, way too many. You could cut that thing in. You can cut that thing in half to go from, or excuse me, not in half to what the original field was formerly before they went to 68. You can go down to 32 teams in the tournament, and you will get a better temperature, a better barometer about who should actually be in the tournament to see who has a shot to be in the actual, to actually win the championship. But when you get to the all-inclusive, everything's included, everything's included in your trip, just like when I went to Jamaica, everything was included, man. I mean, it was, it was nice. The airfare, the hotel, the amenities, the food, the drinks, Everything was included. I love an all-inclusive trip. If you got one lined up, you can say, JJ, you can go out of the country. You can leave the U.S. of A. to go somewhere else for a week or a few days, and it's all-inclusive. You pay this. You get everything else. Look, y'all. 
sign me up. <laughs> I like stuff like that. But when it comes to an all-inclusive college basketball tournament, why are we handing out participation trophies? I mean, America, it shows right now, not just in sports, but in a lot of things, we have become a soft country. I say we because there are things in my life that have been that have become soft as well. We have become we have become a soft country, and right now you're becoming even. You're so you're showing how soft you are. Oh, oh, great! Uh, that, that's cool. That's never been in the tournament. Let's reward you for what? Oh, you won zero games. You can still play. Oh, you only won two games out of the twenty that you played. Come on to the tournament. Everybody's involved. All inclusive. Let's make this happen. No, 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 no. Now, granted, the ACC, I'm sure one of the coaches is thinking, look, we're going to be good. I got a great school. I got I got great players. We got these summer workouts. Which, might I add you, these guys, are, these guys are still hooping. These guys are still practicing. If you remember back when I had Isaiah Stokes, who plays at the University of Memphis, he said, I think this was back in August, they're practicing right now. Now, granted, the 5-on-5 five five and all that stuff, they're not doing that with the team, but the final basketball players, they're finding a court to hoop at, and they're having 5-on-5 five five scrimmages right now. Whatever the school wants to think, whatever, the, whatever you may want to think, or the media may, may not want to put out there, basketball players hoop. Football players play football. Y'all got mad at Tom Brady for going out there and working out with this team and being at a park he shouldn't have been at. He's a football player. A professional football player. It's what he does to get ready for the football season. It's normal for that to happen this time of year, despite whatever's going on. So I don't knock Tom Brady. I don't knock Isaiah Stokes or University of Memphis or the other schools that are practicing right now. I saw University of uh, Ohio State University basketball team running hills and working out together, shoulder to shoulder, or a little bit of space. Look, y'all, this stuff is normal. What we're doing right now is not normal. I get it. We got to change things up. But basketball players are already working out right now. They're already doing their things on campus. Let's just keep moving. Let's just keep moving this thing along. Start the season on time. I don't believe there's a reason to delay the season. And then also, also, the all-inclusive stuff, it's great to reward people for things that they have earned. But I'm not about this, oh, you go on whatever, you go 5-15, and 15, let's bring you in to the tournament because let's reward you for what you didn't do in the regular season to give you some postseason attention. Yeah, you didn't deserve it, but we think because of the year, we're going to bend the rules, we're going to get a little soft and go ahead and bring you in as well. Guys, guys, it sounds good on paper. It sounds good, but when all actuality, when you put it in, when you put it into practice, do those schools really have a shot to win the championship? Are they really one of the best five to ten to fifteen, or maybe even twenty schools in the country? No, they're not. They know it. You know it. The broadcasters know it. People on the media know it. We all know it. They are not. So let's not reward mediocrity. Let's not reward people that can't even win half their games. No, not about that life. All-inclusive stuff, uh, uh, sounds good. It's great in some aspects, but when it comes to trying to decide a champion, no, nah, baby, let's not do that. One thing I think we should do more of, which is what Dak Prescott did do. Talk about the struggles that he had this year during the quarantine. Talking about how during the quarantine, during the, during the self-isolation 
I got to tell you, I, I don't like the word quarantine. I, I've heard it too much. It's not a bad word, but since I've heard it too much and the connotation is in my head, I want to say self-isolation. I'll go ahead and say that. So during the self-isolation period we've had this year, um, with the aspect of him not being able to be around his teammates, being able to go out, being able to do the things that he normally has done throughout his professional career, he said he was in a, he was in a very, very, very odd place, a dark place, and a place that he never thought he would be in, and he didn't know how to act to the point that he did not want to work out. The motivation to work out was gone. And then you couple that with the self-isolation period, the stuff, the struggles he had mentally, the mental health issues that he had in the beginning of the self-isolation period. Those happen, and then with him losing his brother due to suicide, that hits you different. Completely, completely different. Now, as for me, I have not lost any any family members due to suicide at all. I don't believe I have at all. I have some family in the, in the hospital due to the Rona. Um, my cousin Marcus just got out the hospital, just went home. My aunt Sin uh, went home, I think, about a week ago. So I, I have had some of that, but I, I don't know what it's like to, to lose someone due to suicide. I know it's like to lose family members, but I have I do not know what it's like to lose someone to suicide. So when you think about the sequence of the year when every time you turn on the news, every time you get on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram, somehow Snapchat seems to be one of the most enjoyable places to be. Now, I know for a while people were people were saying, you're the problem, you're the problem, you're the problem. Just pointing the finger. Like, why do you why are you so why why are you why are you why are you so hateful right now with what's going on? Why why are you pointing the finger at other people? Just, just back off. Let's just relax. You're you're showing that you have the same things going on in you and saying the same kind of feelings that you're expressing them in a way that could make other people feel worse. There, there was a saying that all of our parents and most of our parents may have told us, if you don't have any, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. And I'm sure Dak may, may have been like us, not just with the suicide, but before that, getting on social media, negative, 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 wondering, when can I go see my teammates? When, when can I go work out? Uh, y'all got on me earlier for having a gathering of more than 10 people at a home. Y'all said, Dak, what are you doing? This ain't that. This ain't it. But Dak's like, look, y'all, I can't live like this. I, I, I cannot be a person that lives life like this. I can't be someone that's self-isolated from the people that I love. Now, I don't know if, this was before, if that was before or after his brother committed suicide, but I don't think it matters. I think what we lost sight of throughout this entire year, was the need and the desire and really the fact that we need to be around people. We need to interact with people. You tell somebody they can't go to the gym and that's been their release for the past 20 years? Excuse me? What do you expect them to do? Go crazy. Do things that they don't normally do because they're not used to them. You tell somebody they can't go see their mom or their dad or their baby gets born but only one parent can be in the hospital? People have been experiencing so many emotions throughout this entire year. And I think that Dak and him speaking out on what he struggled with was very, very telling and very, very important. Not just for him to be able to talk about those struggles, to be able to talk about what he went through, but also for his teammates and so many other people around the country. Because I think what we're finding out right now 
even those that were dogmatic, we can't do this. We need to, we need to, we need to be at home right now. We can't be outside. No gym, no school, no football, no sports, no nothing. Oh no, you can't even go to Walmart. We need to have Walmart be a delivery service. No, 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 no. We can't do anything right now. Life as we know it has changed. I think what we're finding out is that we can go on. Not that I didn't, but I knew we can, I knew we would. I didn't know when. But for a lot of people right now, they are finding out that they're changing their mindset about what's going on, about how we can actually move forward and how we need to move forward. Throughout this time period this year, I don't like to belabor these points, but I think it's very important for what's going on in our country of the U.S. of A. I know some of you that are outside of the country look at the U.S. and you guys think that, wow, the U.S. is stupid. You guys are idiot. What are you guys doing? Don't you guys realize that you guys are, you guys are a country that people desire to come to, but you're acting like you're the worst country in the world? It's not true. America, I know numerous people, I saw a story of women, four women in Australia that are literally coming from Australia, a place that I went to go on vacation to that I thought was a good place to live. And I think I went, I went on to move there, but I always had good thoughts about Australia. There are women in Australia that literally want to go from Australia, come to America to have their babies, to allow their children to be born U.S. citizens, to be able to, at one point, some point in their lives, embark on and to live in America and enjoy what American, Americans live right now. Guys, living in America isn't that bad, but we have made it to a point that living in America where people are embarrassed to live here, people come out and say they're embarrassed to live here. I have friends that have said that. I want to sit back here and think just, guys, it's not that bad. When you hear negative stuff over and over and over and over and over and over again, you get people like that are like Dak. I mean, I, I've struggled with my own things. I don't voice them very. I don't know how well I vo- voiced them here on the podcast. I've struggled. With, I've struggled with my own things mentally this year that I that no human should struggle with at all. And then you have people make comments. I keep that are there are people in the media that make comments saying, "Oh, you're the quarterback of America's team. You cannot be showing this vulnerability." Honestly, I think you're a better human being for talking about your weaknesses as a human being. Because it shows that, one, you're acknowledging where you're weak, your struggles. Two, you acknowledging that is just the next step into you getting help, into overcoming those struggles that you have had this year. Dak Prescott, thank you so much. Because there's a lot of people in America, especially in the media, those that rip you, those that praise you, and some a lot of people in between that needed you to say what you said during that interview because now it's going to open up and say yes we have seen we have we have seen we have heard the numbers there have been more people that have been lost due to suicide and overdoses than to the rona this year that's a stat that's a number that's not going to change we're doing this to ourselves we're not changing quick enough and maybe if more athletes more people in the uh, in Hollywood, I think I, I enjoy all of what happens with them, but since they already somewhat revered by many people, maybe if they spoke up, things could change. Because guys, I don't think you, I know myself, I don't think you want to live like this the rest of your life, having to wear something over your face the entire time, having to stay distance from people that you want to go to, not being able to go to a stadium that's 100,000 people or 60,000 people or going going to be able to go to games like you want to. No, I don't think you want to. I don't. I, I, you may not as well. You probably don't. And maybe, just maybe, Dak speaking out is the first step of many to get those states that are still shut down like crazy to realize, hey, y'all, this ain't working. We got to change what we're doing. 
Thank you for listening to another episode of the Jay Stevens Podcast. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at jstevens07. If you're not on Twitter and you would love to connect with the podcast, send your emails to jstevenspod at gmo.com. Remember to always subscribe, rate, and review. It's a great way for people that search for new podcasts to listen to to come across this one. Then remember to always get the word out about the podcast via word of mouth. The things that we enjoy in life, we are more willing and somewhat wired to tell other people about. So no matter if this was your first episode or if you have been listening since episode number one, be sure to let people know about the podcast. This has been episode one, three, two of the JXT Podcast. I'll see you next time. Peace.